you need to talk, let us help you. Such an observant, considerate boy. You would think he truly cares. Slate, look what hell just spit up. Stay back. Let me guess. They got you to a Lazarus pit just in time. Yes, I've been bathing in it quite a bit lately. You might say it's addictive. Improves muscle tone, too. betrayed us. Why? Betrayed? That assumes I was ever on your side in the first place. Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and welcoming a new guest, and that is Kanisha Liu. Kanisha, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, a little bit sleep deprived. My daughter decided to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and decided that she wanted to play. So, <laughs> but other than that, I'm fine. That's nice. I can't relate yet. I don't have kids, but yeah, that's uh, that's rough and a little bit adorable. It is. Yeah. It, she wanted to, she can't read yet, but she likes to hold the book open and babble. So she, because mm. she thinks she's reading. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to do that while I'm trying to sleep. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, why don't you uh, tell the guests, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, my name is Kanisha, and I, I've always loved comic books. Um, I so when I was a kid, like I had an older brother. He's like six years older than me, and I think that was really what got me into it that and a mixture of just like cartoon network in general like mm-hmm. I'd say like my childhood is watching Teen Titans and like Justice League the animated series and all that um and before like anime was cool because I was like kind of more into like anime and like manga but then it wasn't like the cooler of the two so I think mm-hmm. I like kind of like transition more into like you know watching more like tv shows and getting into the comic books and my brother like, you know, he's like a huge fan. Like he has stacks and stacks and, you know, the sleeves to make sure they're in perfect condition. He's always mm-hmm. like, we need to get the first edition <laughs> or like, you know, so that's kind of where um, I got into comic books was definitely my brother's influence. Um, I would say that I'm definitely more of a DC fan than Marvel, which nowadays is a little bit controversial. <laughs> I'm not going to defend like the DC films besides like, I mean, some of them, some of them I think are great. Um, but you know, like, I'm not like a diehard in the sense that I'm going to like defend anything that they do, but Mm. they have my heart, they have my childhood. And I think that's their characters. I like the grittiness and the darkness of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'm I'm much, I I think it's whatever you get started off with, that's kind of like what your, your tribe gets established with going forward. Because I, I mean, Superman and Batman were my first superheroes, but the one that really kind of caught me and as far as the comics go was, was the yeah. X-Men and Marvel. So that's still where my interests kind of gravitate towards. Although I yeah. do like a lot of DC stuff as well. Um, and, yeah. and it, it's been interesting because up until recently, if you would have asked me, you know, mm-hmm. which is better Marvel or DC in the, in the outside of the comics medium, I would say Marvel's better at the movies. DC's right. better at TV because right. um, the Arrowverse stuff was, was great for, I've kind of fallen off on it. Like I, I the yeah. season seven of the flash was kind of a slog to get through. And then um, I yeah. still, I got like part, I've gotten like a third of the way into the first last season of Supergirl and just not feeling the drive to go beyond that. Oh, I, I started watching, um, the latest season of the flash is now on Netflix and I started watching the first episode last night and that was not bad. So I think it might be, 
yeah, it was wasn't bad. I mean, I'll have to keep going to see how it goes. But yeah, um, and I love Superman and Lois. Like that's. that's I've amazing. heard that one's good. It's so good. It's so good. I'm yeah. getting so impatient waiting for season two to come on HBO Max. See, I think so. Like for me, I love the like. Marvel for me is like X-Men and Spider-Man. Like mm-hmm. they have my heart because I feel you. Also like when the Avengers came out, I was like, who are these people? You know, because like in the comic books, I mean, like I knew who they were, but it was like Fantastic Four, like X-Men, Spider-Man, like those were the heavy hitters. Right. I never expected the movies to like take off the way they did. Um, but in terms of like Arrowverse, like I was huge, a huge fan of them. But I feel like, I don't even remember what season it was. I think it was like five, at least of Arrow that I dropped mm-hmm. off. And I felt like some of the, the quality of the show kind of lost me. So it's good to know. I've heard that Superman is good. So it's good to know that that one's good. I'll, I'll like watch that one. But yeah, that is, it's really good. And it, it's kind of disconnected from um, the rest yeah. of it. So I think that that helps it a lot too, because it's, it, and it's really I mean, just like the, the character stuff alone is just so right. good. I, 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 w- I expect I was nervous about it going in because, uh-huh. you know, they got two teenage sons on it. So I'm like, oh, OK, they're going to do the whole CW teen angst stuff. And there's a little <laughs> bit of that, but not as not as much as I would have expected. Would expect. Yeah. From, like, I think the Batwoman TV show was really what killed my like Arrowverse. Like I used to watch all of the shows, but mm. like I'm a huge Batwoman fan like I love the elegy like uh series in the comic books like I think it was done so right I love that character and then I mean to be fair I didn't give it a chance like I didn't even watch it Mm -hmm. but it was like the reviews that I got back I was like I don't know that I want to yeah I watched the first few episodes on HBO Max um okay thoughts and I'm just like uh well, it didn't impress me. It, it yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna go off, go as far as say it was terrible or anything like that. Okay. But it it was like there wasn't anything offensively bad about it or anything like that. But it just didn't do much <laughs> for me. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, that's but it, but it's for the other DC stuff. Like I right. I hate the Snyder stuff, but everything else. Um, you know, I loved Aquaman. I um, even yeah, though I don't true. even though I don't think it should have been called Birds of Prey. I thought Birds of Prey was a lot of fun. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, you know, Shazam was, you know, such a joy to watch. And um, first Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but, like there, there are other TV stuff. Like I love, I love Titans on uh, HBO Max. I love Doom Patrol. Uh, so, and oh. I haven't seen Stargo yet, but I hear that's pretty good too. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. I was, have you ever seen Constantine? Yes. Oh God. I love oh, Constantine. That show. Yeah. Yeah. He's like in Legends of Tomorrow, which is actually pretty fun after the first mm. season in my opinion and I just I really like the Constantine Constantine show and I wish they would have kept on going with that but yeah yeah I kept hoping they would do like a um a revival on HBO Max but it just never came yeah. about and now they're they're going to be recasting the part for a new franchise so that they that's are- the, that's the rumor that nothing's been like confirmed yet but that's kind of like the the rumor that's been going around for about a few years now it's it's interesting though for me like having like tv actors and movie mm-hmm. actors in the same role like i understand it but it is kind of weird to have like you know for example like two flashes with like yeah Grant yeah Ezra, so although at this point i think it's pretty i think we oh. pretty much only have one flash yeah <laughs> like we don't talk about it yeah yeah we don't talk about kevin <laughs> um <laughs> uh but anyway uh today uh we're talking about um and you mentioned that you got in through Teen Titans. So this is a yes. fitting choice you picked. And that's a Teen Titans, the Judas Contract uh, animated movie from 2017. Yeah. Uh, directed by Sam Liu, which I've got to wonder what this guy does to every other animation director. Because it seems like he does every single DC movie. Yeah, that's very fair. I don't know that I've seen an animated movie that doesn't have him in the, as the director. I think Jay Oliva did a few of them, but but okay. a lot of them, it's like Sam Liu does like everything. And it makes me wonder, like, I'm kind of worried about running into him in a dark alley or something. <laughs> There's like multiple like Sam Lu's. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, like a bunch of people. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think, oh, sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, uh, because this is, you know, it's an adaptation of probably one of the most famous uh, Teen Titans stories in the comics. Uh, and then that was kind of retrofitted to fit into this um, New 52 style animated universe they were doing for a while. Um, yeah. And, and they'd done this with a few things. They'd done this with um, 
uh, Hush. They've done this with uh, the Death and Return of Superman. Um, the Justice League stuff and all that was was based off the, the New Fifty Two stuff. So um, yeah. the Son of Batman and all and the Court of Owl stuff. All this kind of stuff. They took these, which was kind of different from what they had been doing because around the I want to say early 2000s or so, they were doing like direct adaptations of a lot of these big storylines like Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. All-Star Superman. And then now they decided we're going to take those storylines and we're still going to do that, but we're going to kind of retrofit it into this shared universe thing, which um, yeah. I think has had mixed results when you look at it overall. Uh, some of them I think have been really good. Others, you know, not as great. Um, but huh. one of the things I do miss that they did before this was when they tried to match the art style of the storyline with the with the animation so like dark knight returns looks like a frank miller comic all-star superman looks like frank quietly and all that kind of stuff um but what were some of your thoughts about this uh re-watching it or or also like are you very familiar with the the original comic story too i i've seen like panels so i haven't Mm. i think the comics is like from the 80s right like that story so it's it's old (laughs) which is nothing wrong with old things but like I I haven't read the thing in completion but I do know the story Mm -hmm. um so like you were saying like they definitely switched up things like like for example like the team is different um Mm -hmm. and I like I actually like some aspects of that like I'm not the biggest Blue Beetle fan um but I do love Damien and Mm -hmm. I like like I love having him there and so I think that they did a pretty good job of like keeping the story pretty similar to the source material. But, you know, I think a lot of the source material had like things that were very in continuity mm-hmm. at that time. So it wouldn't really make sense for them to bring it into the movie. So I understand why certain things weren't there. Like, for example, like, you know, I think you're right. Like it's hit or miss. Like I was thinking about Deathstroke's like family being very involved in the original mm-hmm. comics. And here it's like, Jericho is like oddly in it. That's like, such a that was such a weird thing. What? Yeah, um, Jericho's this so he's this confused. random he's this random um, yes. cult member who gets experimented on, and I'm watching. I'm like that guy looks like Jericho. That's, yes, <laughs> and then at the end, and then you get a post credit scene where he gets where he opens his eyes and he's got the power signature. I'm like, yeah, why why, why did you do that? <laughs> no, I I completely thought the same thing. I was like watching and I was like that looks like him. Maybe it's like you know like a I don't know a weird joke that. Mm-hmm. It, like him but it's there's no way it's him and then I was looking at the I looked it up on Wikipedia and they were like yeah that's Jericho I was like very random yeah 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 um yeah. and I think the fact that they had to retrofit this into that existing universe um kind of hampers it in a lot of ways like um with the Damien part uh like yeah, I like Damien as a character uh-huh. um but I think in these movies they have they didn't quite find the right way to capture him because it's a fine line with that character. It's a very delicate balancing act because he could very easily come off as just a petulant, annoying brat, which I think he right. does more often than not in in these. Oh, movies. really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a, not the biggest fan of. I thought he was it was okay in Son of Batman, but huh. after all these movies now, after you know Batman versus Robin and yeah. the first Teen Titans movie and. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, all right, it, it's getting a little bit old now. Okay. I think for me, like, I I thought, I think one of my biggest issues was Deathstroke's, like, like motivations to me. That were a too, strange. yeah. Like, I didn't like that he was, like, mad about the League of Assassins. Like, I was like, I feel like he's not, like, you know, I very much think of him as, like, a loner character. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what you care about this. Yeah. But, that was yeah. another weird thing that they put in in Son of Batman where they made him a member of the League of Assassins and then trying to work that in here. That motivation definitely, it it felt really weird. It's just like, you're mad because you're not the, because the, like, the, the, the heir of the League of Assassins was the one who got picked, which you knew anyway. That, that yeah. kind of, that felt like, a it, it felt really forced to me. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad it wasn't like a huge thing. The reason why I like Damien might be because like in the later movies, like him and Raven, I thought had a fun dynamic mm-hmm. and they end up kind of being a couple, which wouldn't really be my first choice. Cause you know, usually it's like Beast Boy and Raven. Right, right. Um, and I also did like the bits and pieces of seeing like Damien uh, hang out with Dick. Like it was very short. I think there was only like maybe one or two scenes, but like, right. you know, like I feel like Dick Grayson is very much like the heart of the Bat family, you know, like, mm-hmm. 
I think he's very well-rounded. You know, he's not like the best detective or like he's not like maybe the number one fighter in the family, but I think he is very well-rounded and is right. like the heart. He's like the human, the most human out of all of them. And so I always love seeing his interactions, especially with um, Damien. So I think that's kind of, I liked it. I don't know. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or anything. No, I don't know. I think that, that's fine. I thought Dick was really good. I mean, I think Dick is, yeah. he's, 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 he's him and, and Wally West are really interesting because they're like the, two characters that have the most connections and are probably the most well-liked in the DC universe of all the superheroes. Cause you've got like, you know, Superman, everybody just kind of like looks up to him. You got Batman. Everyone's kind of just a little bit standoffish towards him, but like, but like Dick and Wally, like everybody loves them. Everybody, everybody knows yeah. them. They knew them growing up as kids. So even like yeah. the adults have this kind of respect for them, the younger heroes, they kind of look up to them too, but they've always been more approachable than like your Superman's or your Batman's. Yeah, for sure. And I liked the way that they depicted his relationship with Starfire. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that they started it off with him meeting her. Like, I feel like she was very much like his like awakening in mm -hmm. a sense. And so I like that they started off with that. And the they had a very like subtle problem where like you know I think she kind of felt like he was like undercutting her like leadership mm -hmm. and but I thought that they like managed it really well and it was like a really good depiction of the relationship so I was a fan of that I like that too um I mm -hmm. it didn't feel sometimes when you have that kind of situation where you know the new leader feels undermined by the old leader yeah. it can sometimes come off as forced yeah. Um, and I thought they did a really good job of, of, of striking that balance with it. And yeah. it did feel like, you know, Dick wasn't doing it on purpose. He was just yeah. kind of like, it was just his presence. And because everybody looks up to him that, that, that he just kind of slipped into that role unconsciously. And I yeah. thought, and Corey's reaction to it was a lot of sense. Like she didn't flip out and, you know, go insane by about it, but she was also, she's like, you know what, this is, this is kind of bugging me. And I, and I liked that it was a pretty mature way of handling that. Yeah, and I thought that they did her character characterization right. I think, yeah. like, you know, she is, so, like, you know, I feel like a lot of times in comic books, like, a lot of female characters get sexualized, and, like, I don't like it with all characters, because I feel like, like, first off, that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. But with, like, Corey, I, you know, like, I feel like she's kind of, like, that's, like, her thing. Like, she's just, like, sexy on accident, and she's, like, an alien, and, like, it's, like, hot, but, like, she it's, like, innocent at the mm -hmm. same time. And I thought they did a really good job of like capturing like her maturity and intelligence with her like fun lovingness and like innocence. Like I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah. And I think, um, and you probably know more than I do because I'm not as familiar with the, the Teen Titans in the comics, but um, as I recall, Tamaran is kind of um, a much more sexually progressive culture and you know sexually much more sexually liberated so she doesn't have a lot of the hang-ups about sexuality that people in a in a western society would have yeah i mean she literally learns languages by like kissing people right so, yeah like, that you know sums up her character in a nutshell the weird thing though about that scene is it's and I, I, even though i like that scene when she comes in it does feel kind of disconnected from the rest of the movie like and I think this is kind of the fault of, I feel like we should have had another movie before this one, before they jumped into the Judas mm -hmm. contract, because it feels like there's a lot of stuff in that first scene where, and a lot of stuff with Tara too, which I'm going to talk about uh, later, right. where it feels like this is stuff that should have been set up in another movie that then leads into the Judas contract. Because as yeah. it stands, it just kind of feels like, oh, we have to introduce these characters and get them in so people can understand this story. Yeah, I think I totally get what you're saying. I think one thing was like, for example, they had to like really get the team dynamics like clear. Mm -hmm. So there was like a lot of dialogue like dedicated to that. But I think because of that, the villains kind of suffer. Like, for example, like Brother Blood is like very much this like mustache twirling like guy. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, like and even like Deathstroke, who's a great character, I think they could have done more with like mm -hmm. understanding him and like, you know, like because he's a very complex character. There's definitely more to him than just being like, ah, like, Damien, you suck. Like, I should have yeah. been there, you know? Um, Another thing, too, is, and, and this might just be my personal bias because I'm a Tim Drake guy, but um, I... Mm -hmm. I really found myself wishing that it was Tim Drake instead of instead of Damien as Robin, because I think especially with, like, uncovering Tara's deception and all that kind of stuff, I feel like if you had Tim in that role, it would have made a much more, much more sense because Tim is more of the detective type. 
Yeah, he definitely is. I feel like he's not given that much love. No, no, it's it's yeah, it, it's it's a it's a tragedy. Um, like and <laughs> it, it feels because it they did they just kind of like skipped over him in a lot of these animated movies yeah. where they went they they gave you know Dick his due as Nightwing. They've had they had um you know Jason as you know the Red Hood right. stuff and they covered that. But Tim like has just seems to get get overshadowed so much even when he was in like Batman the Animated Series, he was basically Jason Todd, but with Tim Drake's name, as far as like personality and origin and all that. And and even in, I know he's in Young Justice, but he feels like he's such a background player in Young Justice too. I Yeah, I think like it's because his shtick is being the detective. And I mm-hmm. guess, I don't know, maybe it's like a lot more effort to have like a story that is that surrounds detective work and if they did have that like he'd have to be like the sole player because he's the one who's figuring it yeah. out he's you know, supposedly smarter than batman or whatever like mm-hmm. you know he always says that he's a great detective um so i think that's maybe why he gets undercut i don't even think that people know that he is supposed to be you know like the detective i think people know like, right. So it's like angry and then like Damien's like the kind of like spoiled you know brat mm-hmm. or whatever but like I feel like people don't know you know who Tim is and it's partially because he doesn't get enough yeah screen yeah I mean I like- did I will say his in in Titans season three of Titans they they brought him in and um oh did they yeah yeah uh he, and he was a it was an interesting depiction in there like he came from okay. uh he came from a more working class background but they definitely got the the intelligence and the detective aspect down on that so so i thought that was that was pretty uh, a pretty good way of doing that um uh, i will say too that uh tara this is another thing where it feels like tara's betrayal is and i know it's it's a famous story most people who are any are at least a little bit familiar with this story like even me i've never read the original judas contract story but i'm i know enough about it to know that tara is the one who betrays the team that being said i feel like if you're gonna do this and you're gonna have the whole betrayal aspect you should at least work for it and i feel like they it's just it's taken as a given right from the start that oh obviously she's the one who's going to betray the team because she's got this kind of animosity with everyone she feels kind of like an outsider from the jump and so when she does betray everybody it's like even if you know nothing about the teen titans i think you would have been like oh yeah that makes sense yeah i think well first off my like i have to give kudos to christina ritchie which i didn't even know was the person who Mm -hmm. voiced her i thought she did a really good job voicing her so oh yeah yeah shout out christina ritchie um but in terms of tara like i at the start while i when i first watched it i wasn't sure that i liked it because i felt like she was unlikable from the jump Mm -hmm. but i think that they did a pretty good job with the amount of time that they had and i liked it more than some other iterations of tara that i've seen so like i've like i think my favorite will be from the original teen titan show because she's much more sympathetic in there and you understand her i think more and you're kind of rooting for her mm-hmm. um the comic books they make her way more evil and crazy so I, I don't love that version of her and i think that this one was a little bit in more in the middle mm-hmm. um, where it's like she is kind of a jerk just that's the way she is but they give her an interesting backstory where you kind of get where she's coming from and you can kind of see like the seeds of guilt mm-hmm. you know when she's like hanging out with the team I like the birthday party I thought that was really cute um so it was like I'll give it like a b like a, a solid b I think mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like how they adapted that this is another thing where I feel like we needed another movie right to, to introduce her like I think if you needed another movie where you introduced uh Tara where you introduced I'm not sure was Starfire in the last Teen Titans movie I can't re- recall I think she was okay don't but, quote me on that but still I think we should have had another movie to better establish the the Corey Dick relationship and yeah like some sort of like handing passing of the torch from from Dick to Corey officially and then that would have been a good lead-in for this um as it stands, I feel like a lot of this is just kind of like we, the characters are like this because they have to be like this for the story and they're not setting things up properly. And that was kind of the problem I had with a lot of the, um, with a lot of the Snyder stuff and is like Mm -hmm. things happen because they're supposed to happen and it's not, not so much focused on why it happens. Yeah. I think a lot of the DC, like sometimes I think DC just feels like they're trying to play catch up Mm -hmm. to Marvel especially 
yeah more so in the you know actual films um but I I totally I think like this would be a great like TV show I think if they established the Judas contract as like a show I think that would work really really well because mm. you like understand you know the the dynamics way better and like you feel for each character um but I think they they crammed a lot into 80 minutes I don't think it was horribly done mm. but like you were saying like it definitely could have they would have paid off more with more yeah. time for the characters yeah yeah there's nothing there's nothing that's you know bad about it it's not like nothing nothing like that but it is there's a lot of places where I found myself thinking like, and I, I think this, when, when you, when I start rewriting the movie, as I'm watching it, that mm-hmm. that just shows there's some weaknesses in the script. It's not that the script yeah. is bad, but it's yeah. just, there are definite parts where I would have tweaked this. I would have tweaked that. I would have really, they needed another movie before this. I think that's really the, yeah. the biggest sin of this movie is that they, they felt yeah. like they had to adapt this classic storyline and, then after after the decision was made to adapt the storyline then they're kind of like okay well how do we fit all this other stuff together right i feel like one thing though is like you can't talk about tara without talking about her interesting relationship with destro <laughs> that's another thing too i mean if you're going because that is such a controversial thing to bring in and even like it and that's something that has not aged well at all in the comics and it, it's something that's still criticized this day to to the point where i believe even Christopher Priest in his death Deathstroke comic, he felt he had to address it in some way. If what did I'm, he do? I'm not sure exactly. I just remember reading okay. something, uh, a news article about it or something. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was Priest who would who would address it, or some some writer had felt like the need to kind of address it recently. Um, yeah, and that it's, it's a valid point. <laughs> I mean, <that's, laughs> so I feel like if you're going to do this storyline why would you do it that way where you you're bringing in that really creepy aspect of it and it's just because in the original storyline if i'm not mistaken the whole reason deathstroke is taking out the contract on the titans is because of anger over their involvement with his family right yeah i believe the death of his son like i don't even think it was their fault but i think he blames them right and that's a really personal understandable yeah. motivation whereas yeah, here it's what? just like i want to kill this kid because he stole something that i felt was mine and oh by yeah. the way i've got this teenage girl that i'm seducing and i'm old enough to be your grandpa it was so weird and like also the scene that she cut like that they wrote that they reveal that they're even gonna do that mm-hmm. is like it reminds me so much of like Harley Quinn and the Joker, you know, like the infamous scene in Mad Love where she's like in her lingerie and like wraps her arms around him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why even like do that with, because it's even weirder with like the old guy. Yeah, and the yeah. Like, it's so it weird. It's, so I felt, I felt so, I felt so skeeved out watching that scene. And I'm just like, <laughs> but there's, the thing is, I don't, there's no reason to do it. Like you could easily set up yeah. this dynamic with her losing her parents at a young age, Deathstroke taking her under his wing. You could easily set it up with him being a surrogate father. You don't have to go yeah. into that territory. Yeah. And I I don't know. I kind of feel like sometimes some of the animated films in the DC realm have made interesting choices, like mm-hmm. the killing joke. I don't, I, I hate, oh, I hate Batman and Barbara Gordon. Like I hate it so much. I mean, and- I don't know. Bruce Tim seems to have some sort of hang up with the idea of Batman and and Batgirl, and I don't know what it is, but he's he's had this ever since he did Batman Beyond, and just like, yeah, that's he's got to see a therapist about it or something because <laughs> this just it's it's weird. It's really weird. No, I'm glad you brought that up, and like I, I'm going a little bit off script, but like. Is it just me or is Bruce Tim kind of being a little weird? Like even his like, <laughs> what movie was it with? Uh, is it like Batman and Harley Quinn? Like they, there's some weird dynamics in there, and I don't really know why he's so obsessed with the. Uh, I don't know. Just I don't know. I didn't. I didn't even see that anime. one. Um, but I did see Gods and Monsters, the Just League one he did, which I thought that was also a lot of weird choices in that. Where I'm just like, I don't know why you're you're doing this yeah right and it 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 hurts oh okay i'll always be a big bruce tim fan because you can't Mm. take away what he's done oh yeah yeah like amazing animated shows but his recent choices like i'm not gonna lie like i don't know that i can stand by them because i think he's kind of exposing himself (laughs) like i mean you know what you stay in the 
like and you know his, his art is still amazing like his art influences yeah. my art a lot and just oh, like cool. and, and that yeah so like i love his, his style his but like yeah. he should he should stay out of the out of the out of the writing realm of it and just work yeah. on the visual side yeah and I, that's actually one thing i was thinking was like the art i kind of miss the simple like bruce tim art style mm. and I, I kind of, I don't know that I loved the animation style that they went with, like kind of what you were talking about, about like how the, I like that the other one movies were also like the comic books. And I think, I don't know, I don't really know what they're going for here where it's like semi-realistic, but yeah, like... we had covered uh justice league war uh, okay. a few episodes back. Um, yeah. Did you like that movie? It was okay. But, uh, but it's also kind of the same issue I had where it's, and I think a big part of it is because it's it's they decided they're going to do this adaptation, the new Fifty Two, so mm-hmm. they felt like they kind of wanted to go with this, um, kind of animated version of Jim Lee's designs type of thing. Mm-hmm. And but the problem is Jim Lee's art style doesn't really lend itself very well to that kind of animation. Just it's so hyper detailed and rendered, and it, it's really hard to translate that into animation. Is wait, Jim Lee's the one who makes all the guys really muscly and all the girls like really like tiny waist, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely I, one of those. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. That is an interesting choice. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of Jim Lee's art in general because I kind of sometimes feel like a lot of his characters look kind of similar to me. It's a it's a fair critique. Like he was the big artist when I got into comics, so I've always right. got a soft spot for his art. That's but fair. there's there are definite legitimate criticisms of his art and especially his costume designing, like all mm. the like all the new 52 cons costumes with like all the added unnecessary seams and all that kind of stuff. That's all <laughs> that's all Jim Lee stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think the animation, it's not the worst. But you like we've seen DC do better, right? So. Well, I think even like if you look at um, you know Young Justice, I think is this nice oh, kind Young of Justice. yeah, it's this nice kind of blend where it's not as simplified as the as the Bruce Tim classic style, but mm-hmm. it's not as like hyper detailed. It's it's got this nice little middle ground where it's still very clean, it's very yeah. smooth, and it looks really well. But it gives you enough definition to to differentiate between the characters because with with Tim's yeah. style, as great as it is, the characters are all basically the same. Like if you did, yeah. um, if you did, uh, if you swapped, you know, like the hair put, colors. Yeah, yeah. If you swapped the hair colors, or if you put like, um, you know, Wonder Woman's outfit on, say, Black Canary's body, I don't think you would yeah. be able to tell the difference. Yeah, that's very, very fair. I think Young Justice does a lot of things right. Just in general, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of that show. They did have a very, I don't know if you, I haven't seen the newest season, but they also did have Tara on their show. Did you get that far? Did you? I'm, uh, I, I just finished uh, The Outsider seasons. So that was season three. And I've started right. watching a little bit of season four. And yeah, I believe she's, I believe she's in that. Oh, wait. So you haven't finished it? No, I haven't finished. I haven't finished season four yet. I've only just started. Oh, okay. yeah. oh I was going to talk about it earlier when I was talking about Tara. So I'm so glad I didn't spoil okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah no I I think that like Young Justice is one of the examples of like how DC gets animation right Mm -hmm. I think they still have it in them but like yeah this movie had its ups and downs I guess like what would you give it out of 10 Mm. maybe a seven six or seven something like that yeah because it wasn't like I said it's not terrible but it's it there's so many ways that I think it could have been better um although going with the and also, this is kind of another one of the disappointments of doing this mm-hmm. intro scene because, you know, you've got like, you've got Wally, you've got Roy in there and you've got, and I kind of found myself thinking like, you know, I kind of want to see more of, you know, adult yeah. Wally and adult Roy too, to see what's, what's going on with them and how their in- interactions have changed. Because those are, yeah, um, those are all two other characters that haven't really appeared much in a lot of other media as well. Well, Roy, he got a, he got a big showing on Arrow, I guess, but. But uh, but outside of Young Justice, it feels like a lot of places they don't really yeah. focus too much on them. That's very fair. I like that they. I think they actually use the same voice actors as from Young Justice, which well, it was kind of confusing because you know the Roy on Young Justice is way angrier than the one that was right, <laughs> in, right, in the Judas contract. But I like that they. You know, I always love hearing the familiar voice. Mm-hmm. But I I do think that that is fair, and I think that's why, like you were saying, like a movie or a TV show would benefit 
the Teen Titans Judas contract story a lot more because you could even show like the old teams if you wanted to do different iterations of teams and like kind of establish what it is to be a Teen Titan and you know like I think there's a lot more that you could say especially around like Dick Grayson like Mm -hmm. I like I feel like Teen Titans one of the legacies of that team is like you know he's kind of growing up like you're that's kind of where he transitions from being like, you know, Robin to being Nightwing and really right. making him right. on his own. And I think that you can really credit Teen Titans to like showing his like adulthood. You see him with his like with Starfire, which, you know, I I myself credit as like helping him grow up and become this, you know, he's like this huge ladies guy. And, and the, oh, absolutely. The, yeah. 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 So I think that that's like I would have loved <laughs> to see more of that because I love Dick Grayson. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite comic book characters and I love Teen Titans. And I think that would have been a great like marriage there. Well, speaking of that too, like um, I really like the design they went with. Uh, the elbow pad seemed a little bit weird, but other than that, I really like <laughs> the design they did with uh, for Dick Grayson's Robin costume. It's, you know, it's not the, it's not the Speedos and the pixie boots. You don't <laughs> like the, the disco? Uh, the disco, know. no, no, no. The, the disco <laughs> collar when he was Nightwing, no, no. But I, it's a nice simplified design, right? It, yeah. It's modernized, but it still differentiates him from other Robins, right? It's still like a bright yeah. yellow cape and all that. Whereas, and yeah. it shows the contrast between him and, and Damien much better because Damien's got like almost no yellow in his costume or it's very muted when he does. So I thought that was a, I thought they did a really nice approach with that costume design. I thought most of the costumes are actually pretty good. The one thing though that I remember thinking was weird was that Tara like shaves her head on the sides and like becomes like fully goth when she becomes evil, which I thought was way too on the nose. I was like, it's just comical. Well, I also think it's, and I'm not sure, I can't remember from the comics if this is from the based on the comic designs but it's just it's also a weird little costume design where she's got a shirt with long sleeves and then she's wearing like these hot pants <laughs> yeah yeah I'm pretty sure that that is pretty much taken exactly from like the 80s costume okay like that's another thing where you know you changed up you changed up Robin's costume you could change you could give Tara some pants I think yeah yeah that would be a good a good addition I'd be fine with that but I don't really understand like the black lipstick and the emo mm-hmm. look though when she turned evil like it I like literally paused for a second I was like did they really decide to give her like piercings and stuff like it just seems so and I liked um I like Starfire's uh design too I thought that was a nice little update of the of the classic costume mm-hmm. um and even though it it's such a weird I think it's such a weird design choice to have a flying character with like a it's not I know it's not technically a mini skirt but it just feels like such a weird choice when you give a flying character a skirt I and I think it's kind of weird with the like little boob window like Mm -hmm. power girl you know infamously has that and it doesn't really make sense but you know like like I said like it's starfire so I'll let it pass yeah Um, I mean it suits her character I think is more than anything else Yes, it's just like logistically, it's like, that's a very interesting choice. <laughs> right, right. Um, Blue Beetle, again, that's another thing where it's, you've got this whole subplot involving his 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 family. And I think this is another yeah. thing where we need to have another movie. And I can't remember from the, if there was a lot of this in the other Teen Titans movie that came before this. So it's mm-hmm. been a while since I've seen that, but it feels like there's there's so much stuff in there that we're not really tapping into. And we're just kind of, and also I think it's it's also hampered by the fact that we're trying to squeeze all this in into like 80 minutes of time. And I think that would have been a case where you could have cut some stuff. I mean, I honestly, I think you could probably cut Blue Beetle completely for this movie because I don't think he really adds much to it. I will say I do like the whole scene where he goes and helps at the, I think it was like a soup kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird that they had to have like, like it was like I, I thought it was sweet that he was working at the soup kitchen but then mm-hmm. they also added in the aspect that there was some girl that he liked which I guess there was like the comical payoff where he's like explaining you know like girls to his like scarab so maybe that's right. why they put it in but like I think it was a like extra too much and also mm-hmm. it kind of took away from like it being like oh it's sweet like superheroes on their downtime also help so yeah right. yeah it was interesting <laughs> and um also I I don't like the new 52 costume for Nightwing, the, the, the red in, in it. I like it. the blue is just so classic. I, I don't know why you would go with the red design. I think it like also like 
I like that Nightwing's costume with like the blue and the black is mm-hmm. like you can see that you know Batman's influence is kind of there but he also is kind of doing his own thing with the blue and the black and it kind of looks like you know he has like the history doing like aero, uh, aerobatic aero, aerobics aerobic yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the at the circus, so it makes sense. Like, it kind of looks like a costume that would almost be from there. So I like it, mm-hmm. but you can also see like the Batman aspects. So I love the blue and the the black. That is yeah. just so yeah, classic. yeah, yeah. So I don't it, like what they did here with the. I don't like the red. I that ever since they did that in the new fifty two, I was I was so disappointed. And when they finally brought back the blue, I was so happy. <laughs> really? Yeah, um, but also it's a nice because. Um, I think it was one of Nightwing's creators said that, um, and when he transitioned to the Nightwing name, that mm-hmm. the name is actually a reference to the two Super- biggest influences in his, his in his superhero life, and that's Batman and Superman. So you've got yeah. Batman with Night and Superman with with Wing, and yeah. so like having the blue in there also helps to serve that because it helps to connect him to Superman as well. Oh, I didn't think of that. I do like that. I didn't even think of that. I kind of forget the Nightwing. Like I didn't, until you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, it is from Superman, which is like yeah. something that you do tend to forget. So it is, I love like little homages there. So that is a very good point. Well, yeah, the name itself, like Nightwing was in, uh, that was the identity back in the, way back in the Silver Age. That was whenever Superman would go into the bottle city of Kandor with Jimmy Olsen, they had yeah. superhero identities that they'd adopt and he'd be, he'd be Nightwing. And I think, and Jimmy yeah. Olsen would be Flamebird or something like that. <laughs> and then those later became that became Nightwing became Dick's identity, and then Flamebird became um, uh, Betty Kane's identity in the oh yeah the that is series. True. Yeah. yeah, I kind of tend to forget that. Um, but that is a good call out, and I, I like I think that like you kind of forget that sometimes I kind of forget that they all exist in the same thing. Not so much Batman and Superman, I guess, mm-hmm. but like it is it is fun seeing all. Of the, I think that's why team you know movies are so fun. Is like you get to see all these characters interact. Um, but it is hard to do because you don't really always know who to bring in and who to take out. Right, right. That is sometimes worth. Teasing. Well, I mean, I think that you even see that with that opening scene because I think that they're like, okay, we want to have all these, we want to show this classic team of titans, and then, and we get these interesting little interactions. Like we we see Bumblebee there, but we get yeah, like nothing true. about her at all. Yeah, and I, is she? She's a founding member, isn't she? I don't know if she's a founding member, but I know she's okay. been in a bunch of iterations, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was like blink and you miss it with her. Mm-hmm. But I did like their commentary where they're like, you know, like they're saving her because she's like pretty. And yeah. I was like, you know, that's a good point. Like, that is a very, very good point. And they just like, they're like, ah, oh, well, like, we'll just go for it. And they just got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> that is a, that was a good point. I thought that was, I thought she was making a really good point there. I'm like, yeah, that even though it's played for laughs, I'm just like, wait, that that's actually pretty valid. You don't know if she's actually the supervillain here. <laughs> yeah. How did they close the portal? I was kind of confused by that. I think it was like, he like shoots an arrow into it. But that was it- also a weird thing. I couldn't understand that either. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was like missing something. I'm like, maybe I don't know all of his like trick arrows and there's like a portal closing line. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that, it, it felt really weird. Like, it felt like we're going into Batman 66 territory using the magic arrow to close the portal. Yeah. I was like, there's definitely easier ways you could have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting choice. Um, I don't know if there's much else I have to say about this movie. I think we kind of covered a lot. I mean, we didn't really talk too much about brother blood, but I think that's in part because like you said, he's so one note in this, in this movie. Yeah, I think that, like, I don't really, like, I don't really know why they went that route. I guess they just wanted a villain to, like, a big bad to have to fight at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, okay, I did kind of, what, how did you feel about the reporter thing where he, like, just kills him? I thought that was a little bit weird, but I, yeah, kinda, I don't know. It, it's, it's just another one of those things where it feels like that. It, it, it felt like they're trying too hard to make sure you know that this is the bad guy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we, we already, we, we kind of get it, but like the whole brother blood thing, I found myself kind of drifting during that and just kind of like, you know, gravitating towards my phone when whenever he was on screen. Like there was nothing about that story that really kind of connected with me. And so, yeah, it, it just, it didn't grab me at all. And I'm not sure if that's part of the original story or not, but um but it just it didn't do much for me 
I I know that Deathstroke is working for somebody else. I don't remember if it is Brother Blood actually, but yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Um, I thought that it was like interesting though, like that the fight was like very much like I you could tell where it was going, where it was like. Mm you know he's like fully got the the jump on them like he's definitely gonna win and then all of a sudden for some reason they like rally and then nothing's changed but they just start beating him and I'm like (laughs) very very convenient to just like suddenly you know have like a boost of energy I guess yeah 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 Um, all the fights were pretty good though like I will say um I like the Deathstroke uh and Nightwing fight I thought that that was pretty well done um, I think sometimes like Nightwing doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And sometimes he loses fights a lot. And I'm like, no, like he's like a, supposed to be a great fighter. So I love that he was able to go toe to toe, you know, with like one of the best assassins who yeah. is like very strong and, you know, superhuman speed or whatever. So that's absolutely. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Um, anytime Nightwing gets his due. And I think this movie did do, um, they did a really good job handling his character. And I found myself Anytime he was on screen, especially the scenes with him and Corey, like I was just completely in for all that stuff. And even though I don't really like this depiction of Damien, like you said, the scenes with him and Dick were very well done. And it made me wish that we would have had like, because a lot of that relationship comes out of the fact that, you know, when Damien first became Robin, Bruce was dead and Dick was Batman. And that's, and that's how they developed their relationship. And I feel like that was touched on a little bit kind of in uh bad blood but it didn't feel like it was it really got its due like we never really got a truly proper batman and robin movie based off like the morrison one i think yeah i haven't seen that one so i'm not sure that i know like how well they you're saying that they didn't they didn't cover it 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 was uh there was a it was because the the, there was the batman bad blood movie i think when they had dick take up the batman mantle but it was more Uh It was like it was like dividing its focus between Dick and uh, Batwoman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it 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 they didn't really I didn't feel like they had ever really given the the Dick Damien relationship the the due it's deserved because I'm not sure if you ever read the the Morrison Batman and Robin comic book. Yeah, where you know Batman quote unquote dies uh, and then he has to take over and then right right and back in time or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, but when Dick Grayson takes over as Batman. Yeah, yeah, I think that like I don't I feel like some things like I don't know if the DC people know what hits home but I think that that is a relationship that you know fans really resonate with Mm -hmm. and I think that I don't know that they know that (laughs) yeah I I mean yeah a lot of times a lot of the choices they've made with a lot of these things just make me kind of scratch my head and and some things like you know I keep thinking like I would love to see if you're going to adapt some of these classic stories you know why not adapt something like crisis on infinite earth and do an animated version of that or or like kingdom come or or something like that and and then they're like here's you know justice league versus the fatal five like who who wanted that there's like a batman with like the the teenage mutant ninja turtle that one's actually a lot of fun oh is it (laughs) yeah yeah. and it is actually it's based on a it is actually adapted from a from a comic too Oh, really? Okay. There was like three volumes of the comic or something. Yeah. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was that one. I, I, I was, it was a weird choice, but it was fun. Um, we, we actually covered that on the show. Uh, I think about like maybe last year or something or two years ago. Oh, I have to listen to that. Episode. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think some of them are like definitely like money grabs. Like they're yeah. like, okay, Batman's hot. Like Harley Quinn's hot. Like let's do a Batman and Harley Quinn. Mm. Like, you know, so I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of over the, the Harley Quinn overexposure too. I think it depends. Cause I like, I don't know. Have you seen the Harley Quinn show? Yes. Yes. That is, that is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do really like the Harley Quinn show. I think that it's like, I have, it's like the same issue that I kind of have with like the Joker. Oh God. Yeah. I, 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 you know, if we don't see a Joker and a Joker in, in any sort of medium for 10 years, I think I'd be okay with that because we've been just way too much. Because it's like, like Batman has the best Rose Gallery, like mm-hmm. maybe rivaled by like Spider-Man. Right, uh, right. But like, you know, he's got so many great villains. And then it's like, how does, like, how does he keep on breaking out of Arkham? Like, I I wish that they really dedicated more time to like other villains. But like, yeah, like I love Joker, you know, obviously he's like probably arguably the best villain, but mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes it's bad to have too much of a good thing. Oh so. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, after we, I mean, after 
Heath Ledger, I think they should have just put him on ice for like 10 years or something. Yeah. And, but instead we had to go with Jared Leto and then, <laughs> and then, and then we had to get like Joaquin Phoenix. I was okay with, cause I'm just like, I, you know, he's not really the Joker. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a Joker type of thing is what I was looking at yeah. with that. Um, but then we had, you know, Barry Koenig in that scene in, in the Batman, which was a fun scene, but I'm still just like, do we really need this? Yeah. I like that you like took a deep sigh before saying the name Jared Leto. <laughs> he's been really, he's a lot of the DC actors are just kind of weird sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, I like that they went with the Riddler for the Batman film. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, Paul Dano was amazing in that. Yeah. And Riddler is another character who I feel like doesn't get enough do. Like he's supposed to be super mm. smart. Sometimes he's just like a meme, but. Well, I mean, also, know. I mean, you know, we haven't seen like a proper adaptation of Mr. Freeze yet either in, in live action. That would be another one to, to go with. Um, yeah. Cause you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is even though that movie <laughs> is a lot of fun to watch. It's just, it's not really what I think of when I think of Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, has Hugo Strange really been in anything? I think No, he, he was in, he was in Gotham. Yeah. And he was in um, the, um, the Arkham city game, but that was about it. Yeah. Like he was another character that I thought that we, in fact, when they were talking about Nolan coming back for the third film, my hope was what they would have brought in like Hugo Strange. I think that would have been something he could have really played around with. I think he would have been a good character for him too. (laughs) Absolutely. Isn't he like the first one to find out uh, Bruce Wayne was Batman? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not 100% sure on the logistics of that, but I know that's like one of his claims to fame is like discovering Batman's identity. Yeah, so a lot of different, like, fun characters to, to play with. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he went with, like, actually way too many villains in that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and didn't really give them their proper due when he did use them. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think we're, we're, we're kind of getting off topic from Teen Titans. Uh, no, that's okay. It happens all the time on here. But um, one of the things I wanted to close up with is mm-hmm. because now the this kind of shared universe thing has been kind of closed up in um because it ended with uh the apocalypse war and that yeah. kind of closed the book on this universe and i know they had had the 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 justice society with the flash movie that came out um and also they had the um was it the uh the long halloween movie with jensen Ackles yeah. as, as batman yeah um so they're it seems like they're kind of they're and that one ended with like the justice league coming to his front door so it feels like they're they're setting up kind of a new universe with that uh so what would you like to see with the teen titans in this kind of new animated universe they're setting up i think i think that i would really want to see like it's it's hard because i think they're up against themselves since they've already done the teen titans right you know Mm -hmm. with the tv show and with young justice so i think like hitting on the aspects that they haven't really touched on before like for example like the whole Dick Grayson like finding his own in that mm-hmm. show like they don't really touch on it too much you know there's a jump skip in Young Justice in Teen Titans he's like barely acknowledged as like they kind of acknowledge Batman but you know not too much right so right I think that would be something that I would really love to see and like I think the biggest thing is I don't I doubt that they'll do this because there's so many fun characters but I like I want them to stick to one team mm-hmm. and like, really get to know that team like like the same you know, stories have been played before. Like I've seen Trigon like a million times, but yeah, there's yeah. like cool things that you get to see. Um, so hopefully a little bit more consistency and I want them to take their time, but I'm not, sh- I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure if I feel too, too optimistic with them doing that. Well, I mean, one of the things that was teased at the end, which I thought would be interesting to explore is, and I didn't really realize this until we got to that ending. And now that we're talking about it, as you know, mm-hmm. Donna Troy appears yeah. at the end as a, as the new character, but she hasn't gotten a whole lot of play like in i mean in the in the live action titan she's she's you know pretty prominent cast member but doesn't she like die i i saw the first season and then the second one i like didn't she, really it, it's it, it's a little bit more complicated than that okay because <laughs> i is, saw the scene and i was like this is supposed to be like you know wonder woman's like sidekick <laughs> so she's not a you know a little bit of spoilers here but she's not technically dead so like there's oh, a there's okay. a whole thing about it yeah okay, um, okay. i'm behind then yeah yeah it, it's a whole thing um but it'd be but you know what something else i think i would love to see is 
um, and this is something that doesn't get explored a lot, I feel, is mm -hmm. just the Young Justice team that started that name, the team from the 90s when you had like Tim Drake and Superboy and Impulse and mm -hmm. you had Arrowette and um, the Cassie Sandsmark Wonder Girl and Secret. And all the, I'd like to see a little bit more of that stuff and some of those characters. Oh, that is a team that does not get very much love. <laughs> right, <at all>. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had, we've seen Superboy, like Superboy's been great in, in Young Justice, but yeah. Uh, and in Titans too, to a lesser extent, he was pretty good in that. But I found myself wishing that we could have seen you know, but he's, he, they're, they're taking away some of the essential ingredients, which are his relationships with Impulse and Tim Drake. And I feel like that's, that's something that we haven't seen explored. Yeah. I think like one, like quip that I have with like Young Justice and Justice League, which is like the TV shows, I mean, mm -hmm. like, it's like, you have like the season where you get to spend the time with the team and it's so, so good. And then the next season they decide to do all of the characters, you know, yeah, like yeah. League Unlimited is like everybody. And they did it really, really well. Like I loved getting to meet, like question is mm -hmm. my favorite aspect of that show. Um, but you know, like, I, I wish they would like, like I was saying, like slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of my, biggest complaints about season two of young justice was they they introduce all these second generation sidekick characters yeah but we never get to spend much time with any of them yeah yeah i completely agree with that and like they they have a gold mine of characters so i don't envy you know their position i'm sure the execs have right. a hard time figuring out who to choose um but i think we're kind of on the same track where it's like if you know you can probably choose a, like a, any there's a million combinations and they're probably all the right answer so i think part of the problem is just kind of the the ages of the the people who are creating this stuff and the target demographic and their ages now because there's this kind of push and pull between the you know the people who are running the show they grew up during like the silver and bronze age so they want to bring in the teen titans they knew <clears throat> whereas the but there's also this push this pull from what's currently happening in the comics to make it relevant to that so they want to bring in and then you've got this middle generation that kind of gets lost. And I think that happens a lot with a lot of these 90s uh, young heroes. Like this even yeah. happens in, in, with the X-Men stuff. Like they, they kind of skip over a lot, of the, a lot of the Generation X stuff. They kind of yeah. skip over the New Warrior stuff. And I think that's kind of a similar thing you see happening with DC where the, I mean, you've got, you know, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan as Flash and Green Lantern. And you kind of forget about Wally West and Kyle Rayner and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, that's very fair. And I think another thing is like, they'll like choose like the main heroes and then they'll realize like, oh wait, we have to bring in diversity, whether that's like LGBT or like, you know, like different like races. Right. And it's like, like my, I watched the, uh, the Stranger or I'm thinking Stranger Things as I just saw that, but Doctor Strange mm -hmm. movie. And then like, this is a small spoiler, but like her moms are like gay. But yeah, it's yeah. Like, so random i'm like mm -hmm. it's like i don't know like so i i think that that's another thing too where they'll decide to bring in some i think that's like why they push certain characters like blue beetle because they're saying like oh like we do have diversity mm -hmm. um but it's just it feels like a money grab there it, like, it, it feels a little bit too much like they're trying to tell me this character is a thing like i feel like i feel that a lot with blue beetle and it, yeah. it you know it, it, in young justice in, in smallville even and it in this and i'm just like it they're making me not really care about blue beetle by keep trying to tell me you like blue beetle don't you here he is he, he's here you like him yeah and i think that like i was thinking that was why they push him so much um and i think that if they're gonna do blue beetle they should really like dedicate more time by like mm -hmm. you know having less characters so that he can really get his uh time in the sun i guess right i also kind of feel like because they've got cyborg in the Justice League in this universe that Blue Beetle almost kind of acts like a cyborg stand-in a lot of the times. Hmm, interesting. Like in terms of like what he can do, his powers and all that kind of stuff. It feels like they're just kind of like leaning on to the kind of things you would have seen cyborg do with like the cybernetic weaponry and all that. You have Blue Beetle doing that instead now. Yeah, and it is also kind of like weird now because some of the sidekicks are like superheroes mm -hmm. now. So like yeah. that kind of does mess with, you know, some of the continuity from the source material they're taking right. from. So, well, yeah. also, I mean, I think also seeing just like maybe some Nightwing solo projects even would be interesting. 
I, yeah, I know they haven't done that. No, no, they haven't. I mean, there's a, there's apparently a Nightwing movie in development, but it's been in development for like, you know, five years or something. So who knows? Yeah. That, yeah, they haven't done Batgirl or they haven't done a Hmm. lot of. Well, Batgirl's coming. That's, that's coming on HBO Max, I think either this year or next year. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've actually, they've released a a still, or they've at least released some images from it already. Um, Hey guys, Perry here. I just wanted to quickly jump in and uh, let you know that obviously this was recorded before all the stuff with David Zaslav uh, taking control of uh, of, uh, Discovery and Warner Brothers Discovery and basically deciding to trash Batgirl for a tax break, essentially. So um, this episode was actually recorded at the beginning of July, but I've I've had so many that have been backlogged that it just took a while for it to get out. So the conversation you're about to hear about Batgirl is obviously several months out of date, uh, but I decided to leave it in anyway because I think it goes to show just how much enthusiasm uh, people had for this project and how much of a bummer it is um, what Zaslav did. Uh, okay, so that's it. Just and back to the interview. And Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman in that. Wow, I've been so behind. I think I just get hit with so many things. The thing that I was looking at was uh, the new Sandman show. I haven't, I don't think I've been Oh, uh, I haven't watched, I, that's not out yet, is it? It's coming out next no. month, I think. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, but I've just August. been looking at all the stills. I'm like, oh, like, this looks cool. But yeah, it's um, Leslie Grace is um, is playing Batgirl in it. Um, looks like okay, cool. J.K. Simmons is back as uh, Commissioner Gordon too. So that's and Brendan Fraser as Firefly. Oh, fan and and also um, you know obviously like I said, Michael Keaton is coming back as as Batman too. So that's supposed it's to be awesome. coming out. Um, yeah, this year it's supposed to be coming out. It says scheduled to be released in sometime in twenty twenty two. Wow, I'm excited for that. I, you yeah. know, I also wish that they had. This is way in the future, but like, I'm a huge Cassandra Kane fan. Oh um, God, I, I don't even get me started on what they did with her in Birds of Prey. But oh my gosh, no, I forgot about oh, that. They could have named her anything. I know, they I know. Named her anything. I forgot they did that. That was actually a crime. Oh, my way God. back in like I think like episode, like one of the early episodes we did, like episode. 18 or 19 or something we talked about uh birds of prey and i i went on a whole rant about (laughs) about what they did with with uh, cassandra and that that's so true oh my gosh yeah that i actually completely blocked that from my memory because i remember being angry about that because i love her so much i know i had recently um reread the the comic because they came up with some trades of it and Right before I saw the movie, I reread those comics and, and I just fell in love with the character all over again. And then just yeah, just to get just seeing what's happened with her since, and just and not only the 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 movies, but also in the, in the comics too. Like she hasn't really gotten her due, and she's such an amazing character. I think the last I've like I've really switched into anime, so I haven't been mm-hmm. super in the comic book, you know, like universe. But I think the last I saw was with Batman Inc. I just saw like she kind of had a small like. I guess appearance, but I don't know what else they've done with her. Yeah, she's gone through like a few different identities and stuff. Um, I can't, okay. not sure exactly what she's up to now, though. But yeah, that's a, that's another character that I found myself. There's not a whole lot of stuff about the about the late '90s, early 2000s that's that amazingly great about comics, but she's definitely one of those things. Yeah, and for me, like. I mean, I guess people can't tell because it's my voice, but like I'm Asian. Right. So like, it's like cool seeing, like, I think that was the first thing where like it drew me to her. And then mm-hmm. like, I think that's like an example of doing diversity well. Like they don't mention that she's Asian, you know, like it's not like she's like reconnecting with her culture ever. She doesn't talk about it. She's, she's just a cool character that happens to be part Asian. And I I think that's an example of like really killing it with diversity. So I wish they would bring her back. More. They also avoided a lot of the stereotypes. Like she wasn't like the, like a lot of times with, you know, female Asian characters in comics, there's the whole dragon lady sex pot stereotype yeah, thing. And they didn't do that with her. Yeah, th- I feel like very much the opposite. Like she just feels like a real character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely love that. Yeah, okay. I'm so glad to know about that. Sorry, yeah. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kanisha, thanks so much for coming on. I think um, anything, any final things to say about uh, Judas Contract? 
no thank you so much for having me like I love talking about comic books I have so many things that I need to check out because I just haven't been really paying attention I guess but um yeah if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram I guess then you can follow me at Kanisha underscore Rose so it's K-E-N-I-S-H-A underscore R-O-S-E okay shout out for myself Okay, great. Yeah. And uh, we'll have that, that link in the show notes too. Um, but yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, anytime you want to come back on, you're more than welcome to. Oh, thank you. I love that. Thanks. Okay. All right. That does it for this episode of Superhero Cinephiles. Superherocinephiles.com is the website. Super Cinema Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And um, if you join our Patreon page, then you can also uh, get these episodes a week in advance. And we've also got the the superhero cinephiles book club companion podcast where we do reviews of comic books and you get that at any level even uh one dollar a month uh thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time if you enjoy the superhero cinephiles then you'll also love my companion podcast the superhero cinephiles book club all my patreon subscribers get access to this exclusive podcast where i review superhero comics and graphic novels not sure what comics you want to read next or what you should dive into I've got you covered on that. I'll be doing reviews, recommendations, and also talking to you about useful entry points if you're interested in reading some comics but don't know where you should start. Plus, you'll get access to all episodes of the main show a week before everyone else. On all of this, for as little as just a dollar a month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash supercinemapod and you can sign up at any subscription amount to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.